Hi everyone, uh, we're here for a 12 hour charity stream. Uh, we're starting off with Quake guys, much appreciated. This is their time they're giving up. Uh, we, we're following on throughout the day with Rocket League and, and some of our streamers, community tonight. Any donations to charity are going to The Mind, who are a mental health charity. Uh, so much appreciated you do. Uh, I'm just gonna hand you guys over to Avik and the guys now and um, enjoy the show. Yep, as Pete said, thanks to Charity Stream and Point is Doing, we can like gather here and do another podcast, which we didn't have for a long time. And my guests today are like Kilsen, ZSX, and Wenger. I wanted to say something more about you guys, but I don't really feel like I need to, because like you are very well known personas in, in Quake community. So I think we're gonna straight away jump into the topics. And I just wanted to ask you first, my first question is like, except how you're doing it's like how do you feel before these finals are you like really really excited or maybe this time you are already feeling a bit tired that it's once once again like happening online because like i'm i'm kind of both i would already like to see a LAN and like have this feeling again and like i think it will be like a bit more exciting like whole traveling and things like i think it's like this is the most I miss and like seeing people like in real life lately and, and meeting with you guys and I think the game itself is a, is a little bit different online and it has different feeling and we got stages and things so maybe Marcel if you could start with it and, and say how you feel this time before online stages finals I mean I I don't feel really well about the whole finals uh i mean just apart from what you just said land finals you know always uh, pretty good in quake especially it changes the game a lot always has been in quake four times in quake live in quake three like uh it's it's a bit of a different game weapons are you know different balance when when ping is just just flat zero uh, for everyone and uh it just mixes up situations a little bit and uh you know you really have have to adjust quick and uh, to make the best out of it, and yeah, that's that's always uh, quite an interesting uh, situation when it comes down to land. But now we back here online and uh, also kind of used to it by now. I would say you know we played it a couple of times uh, online already, and um, yeah, I mean, what can we do about the situation? That's just the way it is. Everyone has to face uh, these these circumstances. Uh, but yeah, just for myself, how I feel, you know, with my left eye, it's so shitty and uh, yeah, 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 trying to make the best out of it, you know, and I, I just hope for a better for stage three finals. Like I'm I'm not really, uh, I'm not sure if I'm able to to aim at a top three finish this, this stage finals, just how it is, because I can feel a difference in my tracking skills, especially. Um, and yeah, I hope I can adjust until stage three. That's uh, yeah. that's what I'm aiming for to be ready to you know maybe take that one, but uh, I know there are some other guys who also can have a shot. <laughs> yeah, and I will ask you later about the eye specifically because every time I join your stream, I see a lot of people asking like still like it happens already for months and you have this problem already for some time and like there is a lot of people who still don't understand what's going on. Yeah, it's yeah. like surprising me every single time I see another guy is asking what's the problem, what's the health issue and stuff like this. So we'll jump to this and clarify it once and, and, and for good. And like from your perspective that the sex, like from casting perspective, do you prefer like to to, to, to go to Lance and, and cast it there or like it's easier for you to, to just sit home and don't even bother going to airports and like traveling <laughs> and things like this like no, how, how it looks like for you it's just definitely better to be be on a land like 
the energy you get from from being in the space with everyone there and seeing everyone and having having the crowd and everything is is incredible like it's really actually quite hard to keep your focus and and be hyped just sitting in your bedroom um mm-hmm. and then also just being around to to talk about how the games went with you guys directly and get all of that analysis and, and insight is is invaluable so like we miss it as much as as you for sure and not not as much as you i guess but still a lot and i think at the end of the day we're, we're just watching it and so we want to see you guys playing your best and so being at land is where that happens yeah you are marco the youngest one so i think you are you should be excited for every every final stages i think when i was like 19 or like 20 you are 20 now right already 22 22 <laughs> jesus christ i thought you oh, are, i thought you are 20. I'm about to retire <laughs> oh my god you are actually getting old 22 man but still when i was around 20 i was excited for every single tournament if it was a tournament in netherlands where the price pool was like 500 bucks and i had to travel for like hours and like uh, and and all other things around like all those lands back then i was like excited still so how how do you feel like do you miss lands or you are still very excited and you're gonna go really hard on it well, I think the motivation is still the same because it's always a tournament to win, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But of course, it's different because lands are just lands, and it's just fun also to hang out with people, like having to meet other people, playing on stage. It's just a different feeling. I don't think it's good to underestimate still how important it is to win anyway, because it's always our job. So we always try the best, but it's just different, you know, because. All the travel part, talking with people, playing on stage, having people when we had people back then cheering for us. <laughs> I think it's just uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think something can change that feeling in your whole life. It's just yeah, especially that there are some events where like crowd is really crazy. For example, QuakeCons is like with American people. It was always very loud, a lot of beer and chips and everything, and like uh, people were screaming. I remember we played two v two with Kilsen, and it was crazy. Like, like the crowd was really really cool. And my next question is like, I wanted to ask you guys like about our preparation afterwards i wanted to ask that the sex like what does he think like from like his perspective what like should perfect practice look like for like a pro player but before that so you can like speak more about it kilsen like i wanted to ask you like what's the what's the exactly problem with your eye i know the story and we talked many times about it but i'm asking once again just for the people if you could explain like from the very beginning how it happened you you, you basically woke up one day and you felt that something wrong with your eye and then it slowly like progressed or like it started really bad and then it regressed a bit like just in details if you can say like how it happened and why you think is the reason it happened if you can like do something about it like what's the what's the what's the story behind it yeah okay so let's uh let everyone take 30 minutes i will start from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> we got time no worries <laughs> yeah but actually just like you said like i went to bed everything was fine and when i woke up there was like a, a part of my vision missing on my on my left side so i couldn't notice things like out of the focus range you know like when the cat is laying on the ground i couldn't see it at all like i always had to had to watch and take full focus to really notice uh, it. It's, it's quite a scary feeling, I guess, right? Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It is. Especially you, that's something you always, like, without even thinking, you could trust any time, you know, any moment. And yeah. uh, now it's yeah, it's better than how it was, but, uh, you know, kind of gone. And, I mean, I do know how my brain tries to catch up with my right eye, but it's, it's not working fully, you know, 
to see some motions and everything, you need two eyes uh, to have the same image and they put together and uh, then, you know, yeah, and but... In the beginning, you thought that that your eye is maybe tired or maybe you spent too much time on monitor. Like first day was probably like, you didn't know what's going on. You straight away mm-hmm. called the doctor or you made appointment? Like, uh, or... No, first first I was like, uh, you know, chilling for one day. You know, could be some, just like you said, I tired, maybe maybe I've been staring too much at the monitor or whatever. Uh, or, or got something something in my eye and next day it's going to be good again. But yeah, that, that hasn't been the case. So it got worse and worse. Uh, on second day, I, uh, I called the Oculist and uh, yeah, they told me to just uh, come over. So I didn't didn't even had a long waiting time and uh, or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, with all the testings we did, I mean, it seems like something when you're playing uh, computer games. Uh, I, I, you know, I can surely say by now, uh, something is is there we're practicing because I've still been able to catch up to one hundred percent with the right correction on on my on my eyes, you know. So uh, they couldn't even find the issue I had. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first doctor's appointment. Then I, uh, two, three days, uh, three days after, uh, because it didn't get any better. Uh, three days after, I went to the next Oculist and, uh, you know, did all the tests and just, just the same again. Like, I've been able to get up to 100% vision, even though there was like 50% of my vision on the left side missing uh, just from the eye itself. So, uh, yeah, then another three days later, so overall, like ten days, I've I had uh, I had this, um, yeah. I went to the third doctor, and he took the right action. Like uh, he tested things uh, over and over again to see, uh, you know, a real result, and really invested some time into me and and listening to me uh, what what I've been saying and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the issue overall with the results before was that my right eye has been working too good to to. Uh, you know, create the, the full symptoms that would fit uh, to uh, opticus neuritis. That's that's what I had. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, normally, like, uh, the other eye is also, like, if, uh, in, yeah, has, has some delays, some vision problems uh, very often um, to certain to a certain degree, not as bad as the left eye. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, like, in in your brain with your nerves of the eyes, you know, it, both have... First, a single string, and then they cross. And the moment they cross, they mix uh, those, you know, whatever issue it is, and then you have it on both sides. And that's not what happened. I only had like 15% delay on my right eye, but overall the vision was fine. So for them, it was quite difficult to tell what it exactly is. But uh, yeah, after, you know, all those testings, we came to the to the conclusion, and he sent me immediately to the hospital, where I had to stay. Uh, to let me think, I went there Friday and went out on Tuesday. So I had like a cortisone therapy five days uh, every morning, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, yeah to to lower the inflammation. And um, about the reason why, how, or anything. Uh, nothing known, but this is a case in seventy percent of the of the you know cases that have uh, eye inflammation, uh, opticus nerve inflammation. So mm-hmm. very often it's that it doesn't end in the result. Uh, I would have really loved to know so how I, how I could prevent for the future, how I could you know help it to recover or anything. 
but unfortunately there's there's nothing i can do like not even my new glasses i'm wearing right now they are they are helping or anything uh, I'm, I'm just having a bit of a sharper vision with with that on my left eye but it's yeah. it's not that i see better because uh, the issue i have nowadays is and uh, yeah that came across with that is uh, colors are not uh, are yeah, not as saturated, uh, I'd say, and everything is, is is just like super bright on my left eye. So yeah. a lot of colors look look almost like the same, mm-hmm. and then there are no contrasts. So uh, there's still two different images being processed at the moment in my brain, left and right side. I mean, I know that the focus is on the right eye because I can see colors like normal if I just look right now at the monitor. Mm-hmm. But if I close my right eye, then all the colors are, you know, going too shitty <laughs> and uh, yeah it makes things uh, not easier absolutely not just just a fun fact i never knew before like one time i got really scared if you guys like close one eye and look with your other one and then do opposite then on one eye you see every colors like very like bright like cold and with other eye you you seeing like uh, colors like warm just focus on colors choose some color and try to switch and one of your eye will see it like more warm, and one eye will see it more cold. Every every human has it. That's if you really for me. No, it's You're impossible. Lying. Every <laughs> every human has it, and I read about it because one time I get really scared about it. But anyway, let's forget about it. Like <laughs> so, there is like no more like treatment they can do at the moment, right? Yeah, exactly. Now you just need to chill and like get used to it somehow. Or like, yeah. did the yeah, doctor exactly. say that it can like fully recover by itself, or it's rather gonna stay like <sighs> this? And it's it's possible, but can take up to six months. So uh, you know, kind of bad timing, especially you know when I have like like I said in the first question, my focus uh, on stage three, uh, especially. Um, but I'm also at the same time happy it happened now and not in stage three. So uh, I have a bit of time to you know adjust to it, uh, to give it time to recover. Um, it's possible to recover, but I doubt it because it's been ten uh, ten long days until it got figured out. So uh, mm-hmm. as long as, uh, you know, you have those nerves inflammated, especially, um, it's yeah. not not helpful, you know. What's really interesting about it, because like, okay, let alone the injury, but like when you are a player, when you are a pro player, like eyes are the most important. So I know like it's very mentally really hard for, for a person to take that. Like, for example, if like the guy who's playing football has like, injured knee or something it's very hard mentally to go back like i know that the beginning was really hard you probably were like super frustrated or and things like this but how do you like convince you because i know you're like personally for uh, already a long time and you are the the most positive guy i ever met and and you are the the guy who can like switch your mind very fast even if something doesn't go like right for you in game or like you lost the game you are the guy who gonna switch you're gonna convince yourself that everything's good you keep going and you can like still like you know do like achieve things like you are the one of the very few guys who can do it actually because when someone getting into this zone when they are thinking like very depressive and and they gave up it's really hard to go back how did you like convince yourself like to man let's keep going like forget what happened i'm gonna get used to it and i'm gonna go through it and i'm not giving up and things like this How, what what's the secret to, to do such like... i mean i mean it's it's really tough in this situation because every morning you wake up you know you kind of like okay i want to close my eyes just immediately again you open it you know that's yeah that's just how it is right now um but you know i'm i'm, I'm just dealing with it 
there's nothing I can do, nothing, nothing to help it, uh, apart from you know just giving it time. But uh, if I if I just get anywhere close to normal, then I'm absolutely fine with that and and grateful for it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm just trying to go through. That's that's all I can do at this point and try to make the best out of it, you know. But there's no other choice I have, kind of. Yeah, like with time, everything also gets like better because you are like getting used to everything. Basically, I remember like on this dream hack in 2019, I had problem with my hand, like it was like capital tunnel or something like this here. And I think with time, you're getting like used to everything basically. And it's like, it's not a problem. Anyway, I think like it's clear for everyone because I'm seeing everyone keep asking Kilsen about it and on Twitch, uh, on Quake Champions, like a Twitch page also. Like, so that's the deal basically when you're getting older. So be happy, <laughs> be happy, Marco, that you're still 22 <laughs> and you don't need to go through any injuries because, you know, few years and then osteoporosis in your like elbow and things like this. Anyway, let's jump to this topic about practicing. So we are in the middle of prepare ZSX. What do you think? the perfect practice should look like for a pro player like uh, do you go with the with the with the with the idea of fatality so practice 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 i remember he said that he's waking up he's running like 4 or 5 miles to like get his body going then he's he, he's having breakfast he's playing 4 hours then he's going for a dinner and playing 4 hours again 8 hours total and then still he analyzes something or like do you think quantity over like uh uh, over quality or how, how it looks like for you? I think you're asking the wrong guy, bro. Um... <laughs> well, you are the ex-pro player as well. Plus yeah. you are casting and you're like observing players. And, I... and and you are doing like gym and, and things like this. So you have like yeah. some knowledge about nutrition and like sleeping schedule, like everything around practice, not only the, the playing itself. Like Yeah, no, no, that's perfect. what I was going to say at the end of your last point, I think that it's a lifestyle. I think a lot of people don't think about that side of things. As you say, the sleep, the nutrition, the health, because it will give you more focus, better confidence, kind of more stability in that sense. So that's something I would obviously definitely advise people to look at more. And uh, it will also make their practice sessions more efficient. And I think probably not so much now, but back when we were playing, it was always quantity over quality. But I like if you look at the way people learn and they develop, you actually only learn a new skill once you've stopped doing that skill and you let your your mind actually develop what it needs to do to 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 be able to execute. And so I'm a big believer on efficient practicing and then a lot more reflection. So spending more time looking at VODs, actually going over why, what you did and what you did wrong, uh, but also having a goal when you, when you focus. I know that I didn't do it particularly well. I used to just play without knowing what I was trying to develop and that doesn't really work. Uh, it was only when I actually sat down and said I needed to work on this and then actually built my my dual schedule around those maps or those skills within those maps that I actually began to get better because it's too easy to kind of play on old habits if you're just playing to win. Um, and so yeah, I guess breaking down what you want to do, focusing on those skills and doing a lot more vod analysis and as you said, thinking about your lifestyle because as, as Rafa said in his end of interview, like he puts a lot of thought into game day what he's drinking what he's drinking how much sleep he gets what he's eating and that should be the same when you're training when you're not and it's hard for for esports guys for you guys because you're you're on your own without coaches without a structure like when i come from sport we had a team and we have coaches to tell us what we do and we just follow it whereas you guys are kind of making it up and building a schedule that works for you and so you have to be experts in what works for you um i don't think there's a, like, there's no single best way to practice but i would say don't just grind really have a structure and, and try to be efficient in what you want to, to develop. 
did you ever try to approach like practicing like very specifically? So let's say like Tox was playing only medium skill players in Quake 4, so he was practicing the control. Yeah. The item timing, which which was helping him the most back then, I think, because like later in his career, he he struggled with like items and like when they like showing up, like exactly timings, he was losing map control. So back then he was practicing the the very basic things. So he was practicing his aiming, map control, item timing, and he was building confidence because when you are like winning constantly, you're building your confidence. And for example, you could, I don't know, like. Uh, I, I've seen, for example, Cooler like giving whole map control in Quake 3 just to like get it back like yep. as fast as possible. One time I spoke with Cypher and he said that one of the the, the his like training routines is like trying to like not lose more than two frags per map. Like it it changes your approach to the game and you are working on like certain situations. I, I think like nowadays players just like practicing like it's a real match, like Rafa does. Like Rafa just like takes every single map like it's a grand final and he play play plays it to the max and then but he's on very high level right and and like he just plays the throughout the map and afterwards he just know like he just thinks back and he knows where he made mistake because there was not much mistakes like maybe he did two three and then he just adjusts and keeps going like what do you think about that about like taking the practice like very specifically like in other sports you're practicing only one aspect for example yeah. do you think it's useful or not no definitely and I, that's what like i said when i made my biggest strides way back was when I would do that. I would, I was really good playing aggressive, but then I was really shit out of control. So I like I did a cool around just to just let the map go and then see how I can play on the defense if I had a lead and and how I would control that, um, and then look at the bots if I did it wrong, uh, and that really helped me to see because I think when you're in a moment, sometimes you don't understand what you did or why you did it. It's only when you get to sit back and look at it, then you say, oh, why did I do that? Why am I standing here? It seems really obvious. That's why it's really easy for me to cast. I could point out all your mistakes, but in the moment, I have no idea what the fuck I'm meant to be doing. So like, it's, uh, it's really good to actually digest that. And I think that's the best way. Like I said, it was, it's really easy just to jump into a game and play a game and then win and be like, that's cool. But then actually to break it down into different skills and say, this is where I'm actually weak. If it's the defense, if it's the timing and just really try and nail those elements uh, and just every single set you go into, do it well. And to another point, you said that Rafa plays it like a final. I think he only plays one player on, a, on one set of maps once because he doesn't want to build his style too much around a certain player. And so diversifying who you're playing is also another key point. Yeah, yeah. That's why I also really like your casting because you were like pro player yourself. So you basically understand like um, that it's different to watch a player and then play yourself. Because like when I watch my game back, then I see like a lot of mistakes everywhere. But inside the game, when you are actually playing, you don't really like recognize it. So you are the guy who never really like um, criticize players too much in some certain moments because you understand that it's like it's very hard to see those like moments in game like you are thinking about many different things even the small sound can like confuse you and then you are like completely doing the wrong choice and and you end up like doing something like very foolish and okay marco what's your like practice like schedule how it looks like right now it's we are two weeks out right so you are mm -hmm. trying to like boost your practice or you are doing the same routine or do you like uh have like different set of players you are practicing how much per day like what do you do like how do you prepare well first of all i'm really lucky because playing in maestro i have a lot of players to practice with and they all have different styles mm -hmm. like uh, races just racy then you have a garpy that is really good with his aim 
and uh, rockets, and you just practice different things. But I think the key thing before a tournament is to like approach the tournament slowly, building up with the way you eat, the way you do things. And then uh, it's really good to, as you said, like with Cypher, it's really good to understand how the map goes and like practicing different aspects. I also do it sometimes. I try to not die in certain situations. I try to just lose control and get it back or just play super defensive or super aggressive. It just like you build different things and try, try to like mix them all, all together. But I think it's really uh, underestimated how good like sleeping, drinking water a lot during the dates. I think it just really, really like changes a player from A to B completely. Like it's, uh, it's just game changing, I would say. I, I think it's really, really underappreciated how important it is, the outside aspect of the game. And then of course, analyzing what's like, you really don't realize what you're doing at that precise moment. Like maybe you just go, you get a, like a lucky kill, like you I don't eat four directs randomly, but then you go back and oh, man, I should never want that. And maybe you should be more careful because it never goes maybe that luck again for me. So, so uh, the part of your like analyzing videos with ZSX is like, it's, it's actually the part of your practice, right? Yeah, it is. I do also like uh, outside the stream, but. Okay, that's nice. He's a good buddy. That's and great. now, and now, let's talk about who teach them that. Who teach them that? He doesn't tell us who teach them that. What, Marco? Tell us. I have a. I where where do you got this this kind who's, of knowledge? Who's your teacher? I don't think it's a secret that he helped me quite a lot. Actually. Jesus, I thought you were gonna say Lexer or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kilsen, how is your preparation like different? Like with your like eye problem compared to the previous one, you taking more breaks or you're trying to play less or like no, no, it's like not, more mentally or like how it looks like. No, not not really. I mean, I it, it's not like that my eye gets gets easily tired or anything. It's just you know with blood pressure, for example, my eye gets my vision gets worse a little than how it is over the day. But there are even bad days uh, and good days. So um, yeah, but you know I can play. 10 hours a day and my eyes are fine. I'm I'm one of the lucky guys who's not having dry eyes, for example. I do know a lot of people have issues with that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually using eye drops like pretty yeah. often because it gets dry. Yeah, same. So I, I don't have any kind of issues like, like that. So that's uh, pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I mean... Since since my focus is 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 not like in in trying to win at this point, maybe it changes in a week. You know, when I play over over this week, of course, I'm practicing a little more than how I used to uh, in the in the normal play weeks, mm -hmm. um, and a little different focus, of course. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm not sure where where I'm gonna gonna end up with. Uh, to be fair, with with how everything is right now, I'm I'm just. You know, going there and trying best I can, and mm -hmm. and see how it goes, and just hope each day for for a better. You know. <laughs> yeah. So now we are two weeks out. So how many sets of Bo trees you are trying to put on the board, like approximately, so people have a clue? Like you're trying to play like one guy for two sets, or like two guys for like four sets total, something like in this mm -hmm. range or more, and then adding some ranking games because I've seen you playing ranks like yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to just, you know, queue up in Quake and you play whatever you face there. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's pretty chill overall. Um, but if I go like into, into this, this real practice uh, state, 
then um, I mean it's at least five hours I would say so between two to three hours uh, with a single guy you know going through all maps uh, and doing real votings but also you know keep in mind to mix maps up because at one yeah. point you have to play any map anyways so uh, yeah I mean mixed champions up so you have a lot of different situations happening uh, on on the same maps if you play them again um, and then yeah you know also afterwards like a lot of uh, you know rewatching uh, about some losses, even 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 old ones, you know, help help a lot. So uh, yeah, and you know, just just this combination and overall, you know, when we really think uh, think about it, just just what ZSX and Marco said, I think it's just just the same. You know, take care about what you what you eat and everything. Um, try to do some fitness also. You know, especially running helps a lot with uh, keeping keeping a, a better focus and a longer focus especially and it will yep. also after a while makes you just feel better on on yourself you know yep okay guys before we talk about the finals itself we cannot really like um, talk about the brackets and things like th and things like this because it's not official yet so we're not gonna discuss that but later on we will go through like favorites like the top contenders and like who we think can do well and we'll go through like each like pro player like, specifically what's his like strengths and like weak sides but before that we got like challengers challengers gonna start challengers game gonna start the whole show and this time we got like sib versus dewey on an nice side then we got chance against psygip which i'm really excited for because like i didn't see chance for years Basically, I remember him like in Quake four times, Quake three times. I don't even know if you guys remember, like Kilson and the Sex, you probably should remember that he wrote this like Quaker Bible thing. So it was like, like I don't know if it was even PDF or something, but it was some like kind of like uh, document where he he uh, described every like single like most important thing in a quake, like timing, how to do that, how to keep track of timing, like why you forgetting, like everything in detail. It was like pretty like nice thing back then because there was nothing like this. There was no tutorials for Quake. Everybody had to find out for 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 himself. So that was a very cool thing. So I'm very excited for this game. And then on the EU side, we got like um, Garpy Hell. So it's like Maestro, Maestro Brothers battle. <laughs> uh, and then we got like CNZ Baxter. This is also going to be interesting because I think it's very like in my opinion, it's like clash of styles because Baxter gonna be very, very aggressive and pushing into your face, and ZSX is just like waiting to to catch you, like he's playing on the sounds and, and things like this. Doesn't so, sound like me. yep. But what what's your guys' <laughs> predictions? Maybe ZSX you gonna start actually, like uh, CNZ and Baxter. What do you think? Like why, who and why gonna win that? And it's best of five. It's best of five, yeah. so your picks are very important because you have to have very, very wide like uh, champion pool. Yeah, no, I, I still think I'm gonna go with CNZ. I feel like what you said is is true. I think CNZ thrives when people actually play into him a lot. He wants to sit back, and if you are being aggressive, he knows how to play around that. I think he struggles when people take the map away from him. Um, I think Buxter's Buxter's good, but maybe not experienced enough. I think CNC's learned a lot over the last what I have two stages, how long he's been in the QPR now. And he's I think he's putting good performances, he just hasn't got the results to back it up. He's always had close games. Um I, th I think it might go to the full five, but I would just favor CNC. Mm-hmm. Kilsan? 
Yeah, uh, CNZ actually, just because of the experience he gained over over the past two stages, especially. Um, you know, he knows he knows and and learned a lot uh, to play under the, this this kind of pressure, and I think that that will make him the better player and and overcome Baxter here in the end. Mm -hmm. And Marco, what do you think? Uh, I think the same, especially because I don't think the results show like how good is CNZ. Like all the maps he plays are always like close against his opponents, so I think he mm -hmm. still has the edge. And what about Garpy Hell? Like it's it's really hard to judge. I don't think it's it's hard to say because you don't see like Hell practicing. He he does like off stream and things like this. And he's a very specific player. He ba he's basing his game on rail, I think, and aiming in general. I don't really think in BO5 he has as as huge champion pool as Garpy because Garpy is basically playing all tanks, including even Clutch. Mm -hmm. I don't really know. Maybe Marco, you can say more about it because you know them better. Like, um, what do you think? I think in BO5, Hell will have actually hard time against Garpy. Yeah, Garpy has, I think, has a bigger play champions pool. So for sure, like that's not an advantage for him, for Hell. But I don't know. Like on a good day, like if he can hit his shots, it's a really actually annoying opponent to play against because he's mm -hmm. just like not missing. So it's really, really tricky to play against him. Because you're actually practicing with him, right? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Th does he play a lot? He prepares like match now, or like I'm he takes it easy. How do they like take this match? Because they are friends, right? They are like playing in Maestro. They are both in the management of Maestro, I think. So like, how do they like approach it? Or they take it very easy, and whoever wins wins, and they don't really like. Well, I don't know if they're fighting outside Quake. I hope not, but. Uh, uh... Well, I think as a competitor, you want to win no matter who is the opponent. So if, if that should be their mindset and just play to win, uh, I hope they're going to do that. And I'm practicing with them and I think they are both in good shape. Uh, Garp is like always like, a, especially in practice, just super hard opponent. I don't know why, but really, really tricky to play against him. He pulls some shit, man. I just don't know sometimes how he does it. Mm -hmm. uh, but same for Hell, honestly. Like, they are really in good shape both of them so it's gonna be actually an interesting match all right let's not dig into more into master boys let's jump to to an a side like uh, sip dewey i think that's also interesting because dewey i don't know if you guys realize he stopped playing basically in the beginning of this stage that's really weird i didn't even speak with him personally like what's what was what's the deal but i think he's doing something like in his real life maybe something with his job or something like this because like the first stage he was playing a lot and he was playing really good and this this time he like gave up a little bit and then maybe it's sip chance what do you guys think kilson maybe you start like yeah just just like you said this this could be a sip chance to to make it back into uh into the pro league um i mean I'm I'm pretty sure Dewey will will practice uh, some more with within the next uh, you know days weeks because he knows what's on the line in the end. Um, but uh, Sip already preparing since since a little longer, and he knows about the whole uh, pro league deal and uh, you know been in it for for a bit already. And uh, yeah, this this package uh, I I can see it happening. You know, Dewey losing here in in this matchup. Mm -hmm. Is it a I agree. It depends how much work Dewey puts in because he was looking really good last stage, and it's a shame whatever happened now that he's not been up to form. Like, like there were some weeks where you could just see he didn't want to be there, which is which is the way it is. But at the same time, like Sib 
it's been so close a couple of times and he lost to Zeneku last time and we see how well Zeneku's doing now. So that's no slight against him. It shows the level he's at. And mm-hmm. if he plays at that level now, then I don't think Dewey will be able to, to actually overcome him. Did you guys even speak with Dewey? What's 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 going on with him? He just no, doesn't want to play it. anymore or he just like busy in real life? Marco, I think you there know was something in big one no, as well. I have no clue. Uh, someone in chat just wrote Dewey uh, got promotion for his job, so oh, it right. just uh, takes oh, more time then. Yeah, and then we have like Chance and Psygip. What do you guys think? I, I, I have no really clue. I think. I haven't done my challenges prep yet, but I, I'm excited to see Chance, as you said. Like, he's got. I think he's probably more rounded as, as a player. I think Psygip is very good, but he still plays like a team player sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. really combat heavy, loses, loses timings a little bit, and just wants to fight. Where Chance has even more experience because of his legacy and duel. Um, so do you guys. Do you guys think maybe the 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 solution for that is like Psygip should take off his sunglasses like when he's playing at home because maybe that's like what like preventing him? I don't know how he plays. <laughs> I, I don't imagine good. myself playing in sunglasses in like in like at home. Yeah, that's actually weird. Do you guys think? Okay, so do you I guys mean, think the, the dog can do it too? <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> But look, guys, why why do you think he's like doing this? Because like, all right, first stream or second stream, yeah, it's funny, cool. He's playing in sunglasses, but then maybe if we dig more into it, maybe he's using sunglasses because he's shy of the camera. I think he's this type of a guy who doesn't really like to be in cameras, and he's like maybe feeling uncomfortable. That's what I seen on Lance at least. So maybe like when he's hide when you are hiding your eyes behind sunglasses, you straight away feel like you are someone else, right? You're clearly not shy to be on camera, right? Me? Yeah. I don't. I don't really care. You know, <laughs> playing playing twenty years in game in front yeah. of the camera, easy. If no, but twenty people sitting behind you, or you just have the camera and you know. Who's the champ? Who's the champ? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, let's see. So we got finals in two weeks. Like, what is your like favorite guys? Like, who do you think like? can like take this whole thing or maybe let's like let's name like few names like in my in my eyes from like an a side i think rafa is always and dahank i think he's playing much 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 more which is like nice to see like i see him stream all the time and he's like putting more time into practice i think chain like cooled down a little bit compared to the last stage like i'm sure he's gonna prepare i don't know how much he's playing at the moment but he's like i think he cooled down like compared to the to the last stage and i think those two from na are like really really tough guys and they're gonna do well for sure from like from your upside it's always the same i think it's gonna be like crazy kills and I, I believe Cooler is always going to be good when he practices. So as soon as he stops playing Apex and he's going to switch to Quake, I think he's going to be in super shape. And especially that, like, as soon as he's, as he's starting practice, he's playing really, really much. So it's not going to take him, like, that long to, like, get back to the shape. So what do you guys think that the sex? What do you, what do you think? Who are the favorites? I think uh, anyone from the top five in Europe, U3, Razy, Cypher, maybe Kula, uh, mm-hmm. it could be any one of you. And then I, I agree, Rafa and Dahang, obviously. I think Dahang looked pretty weak last stage, but is much better this stage. And when he's on shape, he's actually extremely strong. So mm-hmm. it's going to be the closest, I think. I don't think, I actually don't think Rafa will win it this time. I think there's too many strong players this round. 
Yeah, I think I would. I don't want to like uh, cheer against Rafa, but I would. I would gladly see someone new winning this event. Like it will be super like cool, and it will be super interesting for people. And like it's already like uh, we are already in a state that like um, I think people taking too much for granted that Rafa gonna win, which I don't think is good for the game itself. But Kilsen, what do you think? Who are the favorites from Europe? Let's say because NA is like quite established, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely thinking that you know Razi's uh, Razi's set uh, just suits uh, a tournament overall the best to make a. You know, always a consistent top play placement, and there needs to be a point at some moment where he's gonna take it. So I could see it happen uh, this this time. Like I have him very high on on my list. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, but you know, there can so many things happen. Like you can totally pop off, you know, in 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 games, and then you just turn everything around and. You, you are like absolutely the dark horse of all. I mean, we all know there's there's some strength in your gameplay um, that no one no one else has, and uh, that's also very dangerous every single time uh, playing against you, for example. So, yeah, but Venger also, you know, ha having uh, having a couple of uh, of top placements uh, and also at the same at the same moment uh, there needs to be a time where he overcomes the top placement and makes a one placement you know so yeah. uh yeah a lot of things can can happen but just just like you said already you know overall then an a side rafa the hang playing more um makes the hang of course uh, more dangerous in in this finals Mm -hmm. So uh, also so uh, you know interested to see how the uh, top five uh, of NA will do in the end in the in the tournament overall, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I completely agree with you about the raising and like he was like second so many times like so many times he was so close to win and still he didn't manage to do that in QPL so I think that's very important for him and Marco what do you think is like the biggest strength of Razy why he's like uh, always so consistent on tournaments doesn't matter online or LAN he's always like in top shape like what's what's his biggest strength let's let's go like this and what's his like biggest weakness what do you guys think like why why he's like uh, so so like um, consistent on on stage finals I think he understands the game so well. Like he really, really is good in understanding situation how they're gonna work. And I don't know if it's like also from his influence from CS because he's the only like CS player that has come to Quake. So I don't know if that's like as also a link. But man, he just plays like always. I, I see him always playing to win. He always goes. If he has to go aggro, he goes aggro. If he has to go back, he goes back. He doesn't. There is no hesitation on his gameplay. He just goes for you. If he knows he can get the kill, he's just gonna like go for you. Uh, I think it's really, really like his strength. And then I don't think I think like probably his weakness. I don't know. Like uh, I think he's not really happy about aggressive players, so I don't think he really likes it that much. But he's he also seems like a guy because like I wanted to say like maybe he doesn't like aggressive players or he doesn't like like certain champions or things in the game which is pissing him off. But from other point when I'm watching him play and I watch his camera, it's like it's like he's he's sitting there like he's reading a book. Like this. Like no emotions, like at all. Like he's like reading some like chill book. 
and like this is this is impressive like this is very impressive like in every situation he looks very calm i don't know how it is inside of him because we don't see what's going on maybe inside of him the heart is like you know but like he looks so calm i think that's his like advantage as well he takes everything calm like it's really hard to piss him off like for example like Kilsen is very emotional and he screams a lot but i think like as soon as he screams something he's going back to his like stage of the mind and some people if they start to talk already then it's already gg for next 20 minutes because they can't like calm down you know <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> so i think that's maybe his like advantage or something and like his weak side i have no clue like i have really no clue i think like uh, i don't know i don't know it's hard it's it's hard to say it's really hard to say he doesn't really have a weak side that's why he's number two so often i think mm -hmm. that the times that we've seen him struggle the most is is obviously on the defense like sometimes he does look a little bit lost and make some rash decision on the defense and then he can give away too many frags that's what he's done against rafa in the past and then if that doesn't work we normally see him almost retreat into himself and he kind of just second guesses and that's when you know he's lost but that's mm -hmm. so rare that it's he's never normally put into that position i think for mm -hmm. me he's just really un unorthodox like i think in in, in when you've brought up in dueling you're always moving around trying to reposition where sometimes he just kind of stands in the same spot for like 30 seconds and just listens and he's the only guy that does that it's really weird and it's super off-putting when you're an opponent if you don't know where he is and like he'll just stand on a corner with sword and just wait for you <laughs> it's, like, it's just really random some of the fights he takes yeah what i realize is like he also like plays quite similar to what we used to play like during round jewels so in round jewels we didn't play so much aggressive we knew that like this one life we have with the champion is very important. And we started to understand after quick life that it's like uh, you can win the you can win this like jewel without even having control. It's like the mother of like standing in one place, hitting force rocket, and the basically like item control is switched. Like it's so easy to like switch control in like quick champions compared to quick life. Because in quick life, when the guy was stuck and he was 200, 200. <laughs> You needed like three minutes of like, uh, you know, constant like running around, hitting everything, like figuring out, like making traps to like switch the control back. Like in this case, it's like it's the mother of hitting one ray and it's already like the, the control is already switched because you can like take the position on the next item. So it's like I think he still plays like ground jewels. So if he loses control, he doesn't really panic. He doesn't go straight away to the yellow to obvious like place and things like this. So he, he's like standing in one place and, and waiting for like certain situations, you know? And like um, many times I see that when he's out of control, he doesn't try to like uh, deal damage. So the, the, the opponent cannot like deny like small armors from him because he has like full full armor stack and he has those like items behind him also when he fights. And the, the, the guy who's in control also cannot take them because he's full basically. So that's what I realized with him and I think it's really good. But let's like speak about Rafa. I also wanted to ask like we don't really need to count his like strengths because like he has a lot of them. But <laughs> do you guys think he has any like weak sides? Like except maybe sometimes like I think that Cypher style is so, suits the game very well. And I got my whole own, like, honest opinion about it, why it's like this. But, like, what do you guys think? He struggles when Kilson hits every rail. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone struggles, though, when that happens. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, but, but 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 I think overall aiming like in in comparison one to one like the top five uh, of Europe have I would say even I I would go as far like this have have a better aiming than than Rafa has, but Rafa just you know has has the game plan and and knows how to play around good aiming because uh, that's that's also something what what I did in the past uh, for example when when you play against Toxic you you know. He's gonna hit everything on you, no matter what move you make. You know, you never want to go. Even even you have full control of the map and 300 HP, and you know, Tox for example only has 150 overall. You never want to go into an LG duel with him because you're gonna lose. There's nothing you can do because he's just hitting as hard as as he is, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's like the thing. Like you can create situations to play around this kind of of aim. And uh, it's possible, but it's it's really tough to you know set up the whole game like this, and it's really impressive to see Rafa doing it over and over again. And uh, yeah, that's also you know like like a positional thing. Then he does he doesn't care how much damage uh, you know his opponent is doing because he knows he has a better position and can back up to whatever he has in his back. And you know he thinks about it before it happens uh, you know that's that's just how how rafa works and uh, yeah before, because if we compare rafa to raising like look how much different their styles are like they are completely different completely different when you watch like rafa and then raise you, you think that they are playing completely two different games because like raising gonna like take it easy take it slow he's gonna stand somewhere then he's gonna speed it up when he needed then he's gonna slow down and rafa is like he's spawning and as soon as he spawns, he keeps running, like all the time, all the time. He's taking like items. If he doesn't have anything to pick up, he will go for ammo just to run somewhere. You know, he's all the time in the movement. Like you can barely like count like times when he's standing still and not doing anything like on one hand during the map, like he's constantly running. That's why I think Cypher's really like to play against Rafa because Cypher is like, He's really good at adjusting. He's like really good when when fights is happening, like when he knows what's going on and things like this. He likes to take it slow, you know, to to understand what his opponent doing. And with Rafa, you understanding all the time what he's doing. All of us understand what he's doing because you can hear him on the map all the time. He doesn't like really fake or he doesn't really like stop or anything. You know him, what he's doing all the time. But we have problem with like adapting to it, with like reacting to it because everything's going so fast. The game pace is faster. You need to think faster. You need to adapt like faster and react faster. You know, this is what we struggle. And Cypher is really good, you know? So when Rafa keeps running, he's like, okay, he's there. He's taking this like item. He's going this route for this item. He's gonna go there. And then as soon as he run into Cypher, Cypher like creating magic often, you know? That's why it's like, you know, Rafa should like just like chill a little bit like with Cypher because otherwise he's like giving like too much like information. But it's but it's the, the most efficient style and like you you're pushing your brain to like work faster. Also when you're practicing with Rafa, you realize he's like pushing you to think like much more and much faster. Like against any other player, you have more time to think what's gonna happen. And with him, your your mind needs to be like hundred percent all the time working. I this is how I see it. Like he he pushes opponent to think fast. He also plays very fast in game. I agree. It has very little downsides. Like, but like, yeah, some people can like maybe use that like cipher. But it's only one guy I can think of. And second of all, I also think like when when 
Kilson gonna hit all rails, then it's like very it's very hard for everyone. So you know. I think that's why he plays every practice like a grand final. I think it's just because his brain is doing it. He always like plays from zero to ten minutes, full speed. And I think he's just getting used to it anyway. Like yeah, like I remember I was like playing like before Force Quake on the QPL, and like practice I was always like, you know, in practice I was always like not really I couldn't push myself to like be hundred percent because like I really need to be stressed a little bit. I need some stress to like play sure. better. Yeah, and when I was play practicing with uh, with Rafa, I was like just you know starting chill. Like I spawn, I go there, and I see Rafa already rushing me with some ult and things like this. He's already like taking few items and weapons. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? I need to like you know chill down, and I need to like actually start thinking, like because he's gonna wreck me twenty to zero, you know. And like straight away in every practice game, he's already pushing you, and it's like you know making your mind like going crazy basically. So this is how I see it. And I think, as I said, like their styles are completely different, Razi and, 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 and Rafa. And both can be like, you know, uh, both can be uh, very useful. Yeah. That that? yeah, I was going to say, I agree. Like the Rathbra just, he forces you to make mistakes because you have to play it at such a high tempo that no one's used to because no one practices at that tempo for 10 minutes straight. Um, but as you say, like the if you can exploit it and you can play around it, then you can win, but that's when we also see Razy struggle because he doesn't play at that tempo. So when the, the mm -hmm. game is running at that speed and he can't keep up with it, you see him, he can't struggle. But when he gets on top of Rafa, Rafa can get bullied by aim. Uh, and that's when we saw, like, it was a good last grand final. It was three to three in terms of map wins, right? And Rafa won because he was the winner bracket. So he won four three. So you can see that he's vulnerable to that play style. And Razy was working him out in that final. So it's going to be a really interesting if they meet again. Mm -hmm. And do you think Rafa has any weak sides at all? Not no, much? Not much. I think he's even come on a lot since Quake Champions and Quake Live. You said he's always running. In Quake Live, he quite, he played quite slow compared to now. So he's adapted a lot. And yeah. his aim is a lot better than Quake Live, where he oh, was, yes. it was really yeah. quite bad in context to the rest of the scene, whereas now it's it's really strong. So. Do you think do you think he improved his aim? Because I also agree that his aim is much better. It's very consistent. It's also very very consistent. It's like, yeah. do you think it's because of practice or why? Why does it like? Uh, I know he used change? to play like high sense and high axel, and now he has no axel. So it could yeah. be something to do with this, where he just is a lot more consistent because he doesn't use acceleration and a slower sense, um, and practice and better peripherals. He was using a WMO with. <laughs> Crappy mouse yeah. pad, now he's got better peripherals, so it's, it's everything really. And Quake Champions is a little bit easier to aim. Now he's using like Zoe EC2A, same as me, and they stopped producing those mouse, so he will have to actually switch. And I think he has to switch quite fast because like Zoe also has problems with like right right mouse button that is clicking itself or like they are getting destroyed pretty often so i'm curious to what mouse he gonna change but what what you guys using at the moment kissing you you still like on excel uh, yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm still using mouse acceleration absolutely uh, and what what mouse you you got now um i yeah over, over the past month i've been trying a bit the the g pro super light wireless um mm -hmm. which is you know to be fair a really good mouse uh like just the shape itself, I think, is, is like a little too big for my tiny soft hands, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, you know, just a week ago, I went back to the G Pro Wired because it's it's like double as flat as the G Pro is. So, uh, 
and uh, yeah, you know, I, I just just like it mere gives me kind of more control, you know, just because of the flatter shape. Do, uh, you are the the one who really loves like wireless like mouses. I, I've seen some people tried it, like Cypher tried it, then he went back, then Cooler tried it, then he says that he feels delay and like things like this. Like, do do you do you you don't feel delay at all on a wireless mouse? No, abs absolutely not. Uh, not anymore. I mean, uh, first in the beginning when this wireless gaming mouse uh, era began, um, you know, there there was delay and the, the uh, refresh rate also couldn't keep up. Uh, to the to the normal uh, normal one thousand or close to it, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you know nowadays uh, it's it's working. If you have like you know, of, of course uh, those wireless connections can be interrupted by you know whatever have uh, around the area. You know, I wouldn't I would never lay a phone between the the sensor and the mouse. You know, <laughs> because yeah. uh, of course it could happen. It it changes the the refresh rate for a millisecond or whatever. So, uh, of course, you have to avoid those things a bit. Um, just, you know, take care of a, a bit and then, you know, it's it's fine. Like, there's no input delay at all uh, anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and it does give you give you a bit of, of freedom also without the cable, you know. Like, you can move it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty awesome feeling, to be fair. But, uh, you know, it's, of, of course, uh, better techniques uh, and everything uh, makes the mouse bigger in the end. Uh, as, uh, as much as they have been thinking about reducing weight already with the super light, um, it, it feels like paper in your hand. That's that's how light it is, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And uh, was very weird when I changed it first. But uh, I got, got used to it really quick. And uh, just because of the freedom overall in, in this combination you have with that mouse, um, mm -hmm. for example, um, makes makes it a good one for sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just like I said, it's it's then in the end comes down to what kind of mouse really suits your hand. Uh, how how big is your hand? You know, you will just have have your fingers laid on the mouse a little different, or have to. Yeah, and what what you using, Marco, at the moment? What mouse? I I recently switched from the Gibro Wireless to the Super Light, and uh -huh. it's like almost the same mouse. Like it's the same mouse, but just less weight, and it's. Really good. So lately you're using only wireless as well? I've been using wireless past three years. Jesus, I didn't even know that to be honest. I yeah, thought yeah. like you were like switching. So so you also think that those mouse are good, right? Like wireless. Yeah. You don't feel delay at all as well? Honestly no. Like I've been like I used the G203, which is a wired mouse, but like when I switched it was like perfect. Uh, and I when did like... when did you switch to this one you're using now? Two months ago, something like that. All right. Did it take a lot of time to you to get used no, to it? No, it's it's the same mouse. You just need to adapt to the different weight because it's like nine grams less. So you just some movements, but mm -hmm. you, like you get it pretty quickly. And ZSX, what are you using on your retirement from from playing on the uh, pro level? Depends depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm using the Rocket Cane at the moment. Okay. It's like a big a big palm mouse. That's good. That's old school. Yeah, anyway, we're gonna slowly go to the end of the of the show. I just want to make some QA questions because we, we had some like people asking here. Uh 
Okay, so Hakarik is asking any pranks on camera for QPL finals, which is interesting. Maybe you guys, maybe you're gonna guys do some like a cosplay show, like some nicks, like maybe you're gonna dye your hair again, Kilsan, or you're not planning to do such things anymore? Wait, wait I, I got something here prepared. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a spoiler. <laughs> Jesus, imagine you, you played like this. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not possible. You of you lose not. you lose uh, the room feeling, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's why I don't understand how Psygip is playing in sunglasses. <laughs> okay, what else do we have? Question for all: Who do you think has the most similar playstyle to Evil Evil from Quake Life right now? Ooh, that's a very that's a very difficult question because the thing with Jesus, Evil was such or an orthodox player. He was playing so weird, like so weird. He was like, uh... so let's say like right now in Quake Champions, for example, right? Somebody catches you with LG and you are on reload from rail, right? So you cannot use weapons. You cannot LG with him. What you're doing, you're just like strafing as fast, like left, right as possible, right? Even with the pummel. So he can't hit you with LG so good and you try to escape the situation. And normally when you have a weapon, you don't do such fast moves, right? You do like different, a bit dodging. So Evil was the guy who was doing this like crazy movements while shooting at you. So you were hitting like 20% LG and he was hitting 50. Like it was crazy. And he barely jumped on the map. You see him like walking mostly. He doesn't jump. He's just walking mostly, which is also making him more harder to hit because when somebody is jumping on the map, you can catch him in between, rail him or something. And he's constantly like walking like this, you know, like he's like constantly like dodging. Like it was really very difficult to hit him. I don't know, Kilsen, if you remember that, but he was like this type of the guy who you couldn't like really hit because he wasn't jumping and jumping is like very predictable because you jump like this or you jump like this direction and he was just like you know all the time walking somewhere it's so if you started to hit he he uh, voted for a timeout yeah and then <laughs> and then he's out for two hours and you are sitting and waiting like man i remember first like a 125 fps cap like in quick champions and i played evil and Evil is like, wait, man, I need to go to the shop. And then, okay. And then I'm waiting one hour. And then I message him, like, we need to play because, like, admins are pushing us and things like this. Man, man, I'm on my way. I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. Then I'm waiting another 40 minutes. And then admin, Russian admin coming and saying that Evil said that you forfeited the game. I'm like, what? <laughs> And I'm messaging him, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you forfeited." So in the end of the like, um, in the end, in the beginning of Quake Champions, because like many people don't know, like he's in USA right now, and he had some like, I know like from his history, he had car accident, which like completely changed his like mindset about things. He stopped do uh, drinking alcohol and things like this, doing any other like addiction stuff. And I think like over the time, like something like changed with him. Like he became like completely different person. Like, I don't know if he had some like issues with his like mental, like uh, like health or something like this, but he completely like became different. And he was like taking the pauses for hours and he didn't care or anything like this, you know? Like the funny story is like on DreamHack in 2017, like I'm coming back next day in the morning and I see Evil already playing. And I'm like, how did you came here? Like by taxi or like why you are here so early? Because we had shuttles. And he said, no, I, I was here all night. 
I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? How we, how we were here like all night when there was security, like getting all us out to shuttles and driving to hotels. And he was like, yeah, look, when everything closed and they turned off lights, I hidden behind the curtain and they were checking, they couldn't find me. As soon as everybody uh, went out and like closed the area, I just turned on the PC and I played with like uh, Undead 1v1 all night. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, man, you are crazy. You are, you are just crazy, you know? So Evil is this type of the guy, you know? He, he became very unpredictable in his like uh, late ages. And I'm curious what he's doing in the USA now and how he got there during like lockdown and things like this. This is even more crazy, but for him, it's like, you know, I think it's very easy. and. ZSX, what do you think? Like, who's, who's, oh, back to the question. Who's like has the sim most similar style? I think basically nobody. <sighs> nobody. I think it's it's impossible to play like that in Quake Champions. The only one I would say is maybe, if anyone may be Razy, just because he's a bit unorthodox and he plays very LG heavy, but that's like a stretch. Yeah. And Marco, do you know much about Evil or you don't know anything? About I, I actually played with him in 2017 when I started playing Quake Champions and he was preparing for DreamHack Winter and he was mm -hmm. like asking me to play but like I didn't have like enough time to understand. I, mm -hmm. I remember some tournaments in Quake Live and yeah, he has like unique style. I don't think you can compare really anyone to him. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, do you... Uh, question for Avek. Do you talk to Cypher and other CIS region players in Russian or in English? It's actually depends on the mood, you know? It depends on the, on the mood and on the player. I, I I get used to speak with Cypher on English a lot, but with Cooler, for example, I communicate mostly only in Russian. It's like, you know, I know Cypher for 20 years. We met when we both didn't speak any language at all, anything. And when I met him first time in a bus, he just like, look at me and he said, Cypher, and I said, Avec, and he gave me one like ear, ear like headphone, and then there was some Russian rap in there, and we couldn't communicate at all. So then we started with English and mixing. So it depends on the player. With bass, of course, I I speak only like Russian because he he doesn't speak like English so so good. So like we communicate on Russian, and yeah, that's I guess that's that that's all what I wanted to say. Uh, hi guys, what do you think about new 8K? mouse technology have you tried it Gilson? maybe you yeah I, I i did try it uh and it does feel uh very very smooth and accurate like absolutely you can feel a difference a difference immediately um but in in some scenarios like uh, eight kilohertz is just a little too much for cpus still these days um so when i played apex for example um, I know it was a mix between the, you know, how much performance Apex soaks and, and it, the 8 kilohertz do. Um, but, um, um, but uh, yeah, it was like lagging, making the game lag as fast as you've, you've been moving the, moving the mouse because it had, it had been reading too much and, uh, you know, made, made your CPU overload. Um, but in, in Quake Champions, for example, the game has been running fine. Uh, but at this point uh, we are in right now, like uh, we have so many specific stuff around us. Um, like, and I try to understand what just what is the best to use right now. And I still don't know, to be fair. Like I have a 360 refresh rate monitor here, right? Mm -hmm. So if I would use uh, a 8 kilohertz mouse now, because it's it's doing some load on my CPU, 
I won't have the, the 360 FPS anymore to keep the 360 refresh rate. So that's that's like like a sacrifice you do there in in these days we are in right now. So that's that's quite uh, quite a challenging task if you really want to understand um, what techniques are the best to use at this point. Also because because of all the lockdowns, they are less available everywhere. Um, you know, I've, I'm I'm one of the lucky guys who had who got a graphics card, who got got the monitor, and uh, you know even even eight eight eight, uh, eight kilohertz mouse, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to find uh, articles that really tell me is this combination better? Is that combination better? Yes, no, done. But you know, all you read is just details. Yeah, it does this, it does that. But you never you never read something like uh, it's it's absolutely better. No, this is yeah. not better. You know, so yeah. that's that's really difficult these days. Marco, did you even try 8K? No. no okay. Last question, like Kilsen, who was your mentor in Quake? My mentor in Quake, uh, Diablo. Uh, I knew, rip. I knew you were gonna say that. Rest yeah, Diablo. Yeah, rip. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, he uh, he passed away uh, uh, having having cancer for a really, really long time, and you know he fought it for for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, you know, I do remember the first time we played against uh, against each other, like when I started playing Quake Three uh, duels. Uh, when and when I... your nickname was Killer. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he erected me on on turn four, like uh, forty five to minus three uh, or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And but still, somehow it it got me hooked, you know. Like yeah. uh, at that point, I I started to play a little more and and a little different, especially. And uh, yeah, at two thousand five. Uh, uh, 2004 to 2005, I I overcame him, uh, just just by results, and uh, yeah, from that on, uh, that point on, uh, you know, we we talked a lot to each other, and uh, yeah, he told me almost everything he knew about game and how to approach things and what to do when when there's like unlucky moments happening. I'm still thinking about today, you know, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he helped me a lot to to really understand. Also, not not just the game, also your body, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He was a great guy. I was meeting with him a lot in Cologne, like in Cologne, like afterwards, like he was doing some things with ESL and with streamings and things like this, and he was like the great guy. Rest yeah, not, and not 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 to yeah. forget uh, one of the guys uh, who uh, created streaming, you know, uh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. being being the head behind behind own TV, uh, oh, who yeah. then later on became Justin Twitch TV, you know. Yep. Yep, exactly. And last question from myself to ZSX, like, how do you prepare before, like, finals? Do you have, like, you're doing more research or you are going with the flow or, like, you're just, like... Um, I actually try to play more mm-hmm. because I because I want to get into the mindset again of playing and, like, especially Quake Champions, I like to play a lot mm-hmm. because it's so different to when I played professionally and it's a completely different game. Um, research is pretty easy, like, all the VODs are online now, all the results are there, so it's about just making notes of, of the key matchup. We also get our talent list ahead of time, so I know who or what, what games I'm casting, so I can make specific notes on those matchups and then my predictions on where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, that's all pretty standard. The, the main thing for me is trying to talk to players a lot to try and see what they're thinking, what they're feeling confident for in terms of their perception of the meta, and mm-hmm. then trying to play as well so I get a more detailed understanding of how it's feeling. I think that's the most important for me. 
Okay, guys, we're slowly finishing, and I, I would like to really, really thank you guys for coming. I think it, any podcast I'm doing is like crazy, crazy good time for me, and I wish to sit here and talk with you for hours. I hope we can meet sometime online and have a beer and talk more about it, because like, Quake is interesting game. Like it's it's the most interesting game for myself. Because as you see, like when we're describing players, like for example, Racy Racy compared to Rafa, it's completely something different. Then you throw in Evil, and I think about his crazy moves. Like everybody can play in a different way and be successful with it. That's why it's beautiful. Like it's same with boxing. Like you have boxers who have like <laughs> completely different styles, and it's like everything is beautiful, you know. So but, thank um, you. But also, also knowing each other for twenty and more years, you know. That's, that's another, really awesome. That's another story, and that's like something I'm gonna remember like for all of my life. I have to like get there still. You still, <laughs> you still got I some years some to go. You still got some years to go. Ah, one more question, because I really, really wanted to ask you, if we happen to have another year of QPL, or maybe not even QPL, but some different system, like, would you like to see still like league system? Would you like to go back, for example, to tournament-like system like we had in 2018? Or you will try, want to try maybe some team mode? Do you have any ideas how to make it like better? Or you would like to see like global-like uh, league, like without like uh, Europe and NA, but everything mixed up, if it's like still happening online because we have this situation? Like, what do you guys think? Marco, you got any ideas what you would like uh, to see? Well, I think the league right now is in a good place. And uh, I don't hide that I would love TDM back sometimes, maybe in the future, because I really love to play TB2. Like, it's just a different aspect of Quake, and I would really love to, to have it back. But at the same time, I'm happy with the league right now. I think it's a good, uh, maybe global league, but I don't know if it's good for us players to play every league like on different things, because now we are getting used to play weeklies only in Europe. So I don't know. Yeah, but from other hand, we play in finals with like this, like yeah, exactly. changes. So why not? And ZSX, do you have any idea how to? Would you like to go back maybe to tournament system? Because this is what I like, and I think it's really good for esports as well. I, I quite like tournaments. I like both really. If we're going to stick with the league, I'd rather have a global league. I think that's better. But I, I also prefer a tournament system that levels up. I think it generates more stories. Mm -hmm. I think the league doesn't feel like it means a lot throughout of it and you're especially in na unfortunately because raft is always number one whereas mm -hmm. if you've got tournaments in it it does mix up and you've got different people putting in more effort so i i think i would rather go tournaments but if we go league then global league it's it's also builds like hype as you said because like i remember before 2v2 tournament like people were following for example cooler streams like how he practiced with talks and like they were like uh, you know trying to figure out if they are able to beat like me and kilsen or something like this or like how rafa the hunt gonna do like it was creating a lot of tension now we have like repetition of same matches over and over again i don't think it creates as much story like in between weeks but what do you think Kilson? yeah that's it's 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 hard it's you know of, of course it, it does create a little more hype uh, having a tournament mode uh but you know in the end i think after a while for the players themselves i think it's it's better to have like a global league in the end so mm -hmm. uh yeah, also to to have a little more preparation when it comes down to cross-region uh, games without lands right uh, uh, right now, you know. I think mm. that wouldn't be a bad thing just because of these circumstances we have. Um, out out of lockdowns, uh, I'm 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 not sure uh, what would would be the best, you know, if we should keep a global or or not. 
but I think we can be happy at, you know, we still can can play Quake on, on these high pings and have cross-region games happening that are not totally broken, you know. Of course, it's it's a little tougher, but uh, yeah, it's, it's possible, you know, and you don't lose all of the Quake feeling when playing 120 ping even, you know, it's still okay-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that was it. I wanted to also add for like people who are going to watch our podcast later on on YouTube because we always upload in it. Uh, if you guys want to like uh, share or want to donate for a charity goal, like if you have like and willing to do that, the link going to be still open for another week. So you can still do that. And, and I think people from charity would appreciate it. Any last words, guys, like Marco? Thank you so much for having me. It was fun as always. Uh, I appreciate it a lot. Until Same, Marco. ZSX? No, thank you again for point for, for putting it on from for the charity. Obviously, great work. Thanks for the invite, Avic, and good luck in the finals, you three. Yep, thank you for coming because I was trying to get you for ready for weeks. And you know, we didn't have Zoot to like do all these things with us. So I decided to take the mic from him and do that on my own. Kilsen? Yeah, I mean thanks to everyone uh, already supporting uh, the fundraising here, uh, charity. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, also, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, see you next time and soon, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> thank you, too. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Endpoint, for a podcast. Thank you, Maestro and Big, for like supporting our players. I think that's also very important nowadays. And have fun, guys. <laughs>